The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Good Wednesday morning, a dangerous situation unfolding in Indiana overnight. A toxic fire leading to mass evacuations this morning. It is April 12th. This is today. Inferno, growing health concerns over that massive fire at a recycling plant outside Indianapolis. Thousands forced to flee their homes. This fire is gonna, it's gonna burn for a few days. Officials tracking the dangerous smoke will have the very latest. In the line of fire. God, don't have an angle. Dramatic body cam footage showing the final moments of that bank shooting in downtown Louisville. The gunman ambushing officers before being shot and killed. This morning, what his family is now telling NBC News. And a first responder's emotional plea. There's only so many times you can walk into a room and tell someone they're not coming home tomorrow. One doctor's powerful message on the toll of gun violence he sees every day. Totally illegal. President Biden condemning Russia's arrest of an American journalist and pushing to secure his release. Just ahead, our one-on-one with the White House official leading the effort to bring him home. Feeling the heat. Record-breaking temps now spreading across the country. How long will the summer feeling last? Al's got the full forecast. Those stories plus Survivor, a surfer who lost his foot in a shark attack in Hawaii, shares his harrowing ordeal. I started to pray to God and I said, God, let this shark, let go of my leg. Just ahead, what he did to get away and the fellow surfers who worked together to save him today, Wednesday, April 12, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today, Wednesday morning, middle of the week, middle of the month. Nice to have you along with us. People are saying spring is here. No, no, no. It's going to feel like summer, at least here in New York and across much of the country. Temperatures 15 to 30 degrees above normal for millions of people. So how hot will it get? We'll talk to Al in just a little bit. (laughs) He's hot for sure. Speaking of the weather, remember all that rain out in California a few weeks ago? Well, you know what they say, April showers, it's led to a rare super bloom of wildflowers mm. all across the state. Those colorful images, simply breathtaking. We mm. will take you right there as well this that's, morning. That's a silver lining right there. But first, let's get to our top stories. Firefighters still trying to put out that massive fire at a recycling plant in Indiana. Yeah, and a major concern, you see it right there, the toxic smoke being released. It has led to evacuation orders for thousands of residents who live nearby. Samantha Johnson from our NBC affiliate in Indiana. Indianapolis WTHR joins us now from the scene. Sam, good morning. Can you give us the latest on the fire and these evacuations? Yeah, Savannah, good morning to you as well. We know this fire has now been burning for more than half a day, and we know, unfortunately, this is just the beginning. I want to show you, now that the sun is coming up here in this small community of Richmond, exactly what this scene still looks like here behind us. 
it almost looks like the tops of the trees, but that is thick black smoke that has been rolling through this community now for more than 12 hours. We have seen fire crews, local law enforcement in and out of this plastics recycling facility now for the last 12 hours or so. And we know that, as we mentioned, this is just the beginning. No official cause of this fire yet. Of course, the investigation just now getting started. But one of the biggest concerns here for residents is the toxicity of all of this. You can see the smoke is blowing to the northeast over this small community. So right now there are evacuation orders in place for anyone who lives within a half mile radius of this facility. They've been asked to move out. And then even outside of that evacuation order, for anyone who lives nearby, there's also a shelter in place. So this morning, families inside their homes, windows shut, doors shut, pets have been brought inside as well. Of course, all to keep families safe. It is important to mention we are on the back side of this. So local law enforcement says we are safe here. But of course, this is a growing concern for folks in this community. Schools also staying home today out of precaution. Now, Sam, uh, obviously the firefighters and fire, the fire chief's been all over this. Is there any sense of how long it'll take to put this out, or are they just going to wait for it to burn itself out? That's a good question, Hoda. Even this morning, we have seen flames reaching as high as semi-trucks. This is still a very active scene here. We talked to fire crews who say they do not have an anticipation time to lift that evacuation order. So crews still here behind us using ladder trucks to fight the backside of that fire. Unfortunately, there's no timeline on this. Uh, we just have to wait it out and, of course, take precautions here in this small town of Richmond. Samantha Johnson from our affiliate WTHR on that breaking news. Samantha, thank you very much. All right. This morning, we also have new details on that bank shooting in Louisville. Dramatic new body cam video is showing the moment officers rushed toward that gunman who they now say planned to ambush police. And the shooter's family is speaking out as well. NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Morgan, good morning. Hoda, good morning. And as chilling as these videos are to watch, police say they show these two officers doing exactly as they're trained to do. Engage the gunman and eliminate that threat. Now, the Louisville Fire Department and Police Department has blurred and edited portions of these videos, but they captured that crucial four-minute window from the moment police arrive till the moment that gunman is taken down. And we do want to warn you, some of the video you're about to see is tough to watch. Intense new police body cam video captures two Louisville officers rushing towards the gunman, hidden inside Old National Bank. One bullet grazing officer Corey Galloway, who scrambled to take cover and return fire after his rookie partner, Nicholas Wilt, was shot in the head. Authorities say the suspect, 25-year-old Connor Sturgeon, was in an ambush position, shooting from behind the lobby's reflective glass until Officer Galloway fired the fatal shot. Suspect down! Get the officer! These new images show the shooter inside the bank. Armed with an AR-15, investigators say he purchased legally less than a week earlier from a Louisville gun store. Officials say Sturgeon waited for police, shooting at bystanders before striking Officer Wilt, who remains in critical but stable condition. This young man went back in to the line of fire in order to protect others. In a statement to NBC News overnight, the shooter's family, writing in part, their son had mental health challenges, which we as a family were actively addressing. There were never any warning signs or indications he was capable of this shocking act. 
fact. Dr. Jason Smith, who treated the victims, getting emotional and pleading for action. To everyone who helps make policy, both at state, city, federal, I would simply ask you to do something. Because doing nothing, which is what we've been doing, is not working. We're also learning more about the five lives lost. James Tutt had just celebrated his 64th birthday. Those who knew him called him a finance genius with a heart of gold. 63-year-old Thomas Elliott, a beloved mentor to many friends. 40-year-old Joshua Barrick, a husband and father of two, was an active church member. The last thing he said to me was, I'll do whatever you need me to do. 45-year-old Juliana Farmer had moved to Louisville to be closer to her daughter and grandchildren. My grief is that I can't hear her voice anymore. I can't tell her how much I love her. So much sadness. All right, Morgan, uh, you mentioned that the family knew that he was dealing with some mental health issues. Uh, How was he able to get a gun? Yeah, what a great question. Currently in Kentucky, outside of a federal law that would prohibit someone with a felony conviction from being able to purchase a firearm, there are no laws on the books that would keep anyone with a mental disorder or a substance abuse disorder from being able to go out and legally purchase a firearm. Not only that, but the mayor here is outraged because this very rifle under Kentucky rules would be auctioned off instead of being destroyed, which could allow it potentially back on the streets. In the meantime, In Tennessee, Republican Governor Billy just signed an executive order that would strengthen background checks and red flag logs for anyone looking to purchase a firearm. Hoda. All right. Morgan Chesky for us there in Louisville. Morgan, thank you. And now to the high stakes showdown between the White House and Moscow over the fate of American journalist Evan Gershkovich, a reporter for The Wall Street Journal, arrested in Russia late last month. He's been charged now with espionage there. And just yesterday, President Biden spoke with his family after the State Department officially designated Gershkovich as wrongfully detained. That status putting the case now in the hands of Roger Carstens, the special presidential envoy for hostage affair. Mr. Carstens, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Uh, It's good to talk to you. I know the president has talked to Evan's family. Have you? And what is the latest we know about his status, his health, his well-being? So I had a chance to talk to his family a few days ago. Um, Of course, I'm grateful that the president was able to call him uh, yesterday. Uh, I'll have a chance to visit the family in the coming days. Typically, when a family is designated uh, as a wrongful detainee or an American is rather, uh, we move over to wherever they're located in the United States or frankly around the world and spend time in their living room talking to the family, giving them a sense of how we plan to progress, to partner with the family and pursue the release of their loved one. In terms of how he's doing, we don't have that much in, uh, information right now. As you know, the Russians have not yet granted consular access. We do have some reports coming out of a legal team that he seems to be okay and in good health and in good spirits. But Lafortova Prison is famous for isolating its uh, its captives. So we don't really have a strong sense yet. And hopefully we'll have a chance to gain consular access and be able to give you a better report. As you mentioned, the administration has officially designated Evan Gershkovitz wrongfully detained. Uh, this seems to be a diplomatic term of art. But what does it mean? What does that enable you to do to secure his release? What is the strategy? What it does, when someone's uh, declared to be wrongful, it gives us now the obligation uh, required by law uh, after the passage of the Levinson Act. That obligation requires us to go bring uh, Evan home in this case. Uh, So instead of uh, what you might have in a normal case where an American might be arrested, that American might be guilty, for example, or they may not be guilty, once, once someone's declared to be wrongful, 
that the United States government tries to harness all of its resources and start working for that release. And blinking, that, that's what we're doing now. We're trying to bring all elements of this government and not just this government, but we're trying to partner with members on Capitol Hill, members of the media, frankly, uh, third party intermediaries, uh, nonprofits, NGOs, and also the family to bring Evan home. What leverage does the U.S. have over Russia when it comes down to negotiations? I mean, do you foresee this comes down to, as it did with Trevor Reed, as it did with Brittany Griner, a prisoner swap? Well, it really can't get into the specifics. Every time we start negotiating in public, we start to, uh, to my mind, we start to uh, lose our leverage. We lose our ability to affect that release. So some things I think have to be done in secret. Uh, so that we can maintain that con open uh, chain with the Russians to determine what's what's it going to take. But, you know, you also uh, uh, we've also been working on Paul Whelan's case for quite some time. And we have to find a way to get both Paul Whelan and Evan out. And frankly, uh, it's going to be hard. It's never easy. But I'm confident that we'll find that way. I'm glad you mentioned Paul Whelan. As you well know, he remains in a Russian prison. And his brother said recently, if there were another prisoner swap that left him behind, it would be, quote, an unconscionable betrayal. In your mind, is this a package deal, Whelan and Gershkovitz? We're not sure yet. We're going to have to explore that with the Russians. And again, I'd like to keep those, uh, those uh, confidential for now. Uh, what I can tell you is that I definitely understand the frustration of the families. Uh, I talk to them all the time. I spend hours every day talking to family members. I've had a chance to spend a lot of time with the Whelan family discussing their case. And I can tell you that if it was my son or daughter, I would want them back yesterday. Mm. So I get their frustration and we just have to keep working with the families and working with the other side to find a way to bring them home. Larger question, Mr. Carsons. I mean, these are not easy situations, as you well know. Do you think that Russia has been emboldened or incentivized now to detain Americans wrongfully, knowing that then they can get these prisoner exchanges? I don't think we can yet prove that. Uh, it's interesting in that the facts of the case or the facts of these detentions does not yet really support that conclusion. It might seem anecdotally that that might be right, but I really can't say that the Russians are now doing this or feel emboldened because of uh, previous negotiations that we've had with them. And finally, I mean, he's a working journalist. Uh, you have said that the administration has said journalism is not a crime. The Russians have claimed that he was caught red handed in their words. Do you think this particular arrest was an attempt by Russia to intimidate the media covering the war in Ukraine? I would hate to get into the heads of the Russians on this one. Uh, my job is really specifically just to find a way to bring Evan home. And to do that, we're bringing the whole power of the U.S. government into this negotiation. We will get, whether the Russians took him for reason A or reason B, uh, hopefully we'll define that as time goes forward. But the most important thing to know is that this president, this administration, and certainly the Secretary of State are committed to finding a way to bring Evan and Paul Whelan home. All right, Special Envoy Roger Carstens, thank you so much for your time this morning, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. 714, busy morning in the weather department. Al, warm out here, but you're tracking other stuff. Yeah, well, we got a lot of warmth, with the exception of the Pacific Northwest. Big area of high pressures dominating. It spans most of the country. And in fact, high temperatures 15 to 30 degrees above average. We're expecting record temperatures from the Rockies, the Great Lakes, all the way into the Northeast for this week. In fact, today, Minneapolis, mid 80s, St. Louis, 79. These are temperatures that you would normally see mid June to early to mid-July. I mean, that's how far ahead these temperatures are. Tomorrow spreads into the Northeast. New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., mid-80s. Boston, near 80. Cleveland, 76 degrees. These are highs tomorrow that you would see in late, uh, late mid 
mid-May into mid-June. That's how far ahead these temperatures go. And as we head to the weekend, temperatures still warm. They do cool off a little bit by Sunday. Buffalo, you're at 72, 58 in Boston on Sunday, 67 in New York City. But still, those temperatures way above normal as we move into the weekend. Guys? All right, Al. Thank you. Also this morning, President Biden is kicking off a trip to the island of Ireland filled with both political and personal significance. The visit, time to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Accords, which ended decades of violent conflict in Northern Ireland. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is traveling with the president, joins us now from Belfast. Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. This trip is all about deep relationships between nations and among the Biden family. Coming at a sensitive time for Northern Ireland, facing new political tensions as a consequence of the United Kingdom leaving the European Union. The president is treading carefully to be a source of influence and friendship. A blustery Belfast arrival for President Biden. A journey about roots, both political and personal. Greeted by the United Kingdom's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. New this morning, the President and Prime Minister spending one-on-one -on -one time together. Today is about marking 25 years since the Good Friday Agreement that ended Northern Ireland's decades of civil war and conflict with Great Britain. Keep the peace. That's, that's the main thing. And it looks like we're going to keep your fingers crossed. Joined by Joe Kennedy, the special envoy for Northern Ireland, part of the president's message will be that economic development is crucial to maintain stability here. Tensions are heightened after protests in Northern Ireland marred the anniversary. The word people tend to use when they talk about the peace in Northern Ireland is fragile. Turning back to the U.S., a new verbal round in the 2024 presidential race with former President Trump reacting to these comments from President Biden to Al here on Today that Mr. Biden plans to run for re-election. brother Al, make some no, news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running Al, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. The former president asked if he expects President Biden to stay in the race. I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it but i deal with other people i don't see i don't see how it's possible look i don't think he can mr trump who was recently indicted on felony charges in manhattan and faces additional criminal investigations also says a potential conviction would not deter him from his own campaign no i'd never drop something i think i wouldn't do it Back here in Belfast, the president is speaking at Ulster University, and then it will be on to the Republic of Ireland, where he'll meet officials, but also he'll be going to County Louth and County Mayo, where they will be welcoming a distant relation. And the president and his family will be treated to some genealogical tours, so he'll get a sense of his own family ties, and maybe there'll be some time to raise a pint, too. Savannah? There'll be a lot of fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth cousins there on his journeys <laughs> today. What do you want to bet, Kelly? Thank you very much. Let's go to Al. Well, right now we've got, unfortunately, a fire risk through the Midwest, and that extends all the way out to the west. In fact, we're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour. Heavy rain down through southern Florida. We'll look at that as well. And we've got some wet weather moving into the Pacific Northwest. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, all right Al. Al. Thank you. Coming up, the survivor of a vicious shark attack in Hawaii, opening up from his hospital bed about that harrowing ordeal. Gotti Schwartz has got the story. Hi, Gotti. 
Hey, good morning, guys. This wasn't just a shark attack. This was a lockdown drag-out fight between a shark and a surfer who had to bear hug it with its legs, grab it by the gills, punch that shark until he lets go, and he survived to tell the tale. So you got to hear it to believe it. Wow. That is a fish tale. It sure is. Plus, call it playtime for grown-ups. We'll take a closer look at the rise of eatertainment. It's bars and restaurants turning into games and trivia nights because they want to boost their business. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed back now seven thirty. check this out that is the spectacular result of months of rain in California. A beautiful, it's called a super bloom. Wildflowers are now blanketing the state. I mean, that is definitely a silver lining to what they went through out there. We're going to have more on that. As we say good morning to Tom. Hey, Hi, guys. good I was morning. Say, you guys are super blooming this morning. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling that. Yeah, can't outdo those flowers. Yeah. Um, got new details for you this morning on a harrowing shark attack. It happened in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, veteran surfer Mike Morita is lucky to be alive after he was bitten off the coast of Honolulu. Lulu and very grateful for his quick thinking friends. He shared the story with NBC's Gotti Schwartz. Gotti joins us now. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, Mike Morita says he has been surfing that same spot in Oahu for more than 20 years. Then this weekend, a sudden shark attack from below threw him into the fight of his life. But miraculously, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He stayed calm. He fought back and he started punching that shark right in its nose. For a man who is just a whisper away from death, Mike Morita is in a pretty good mood. So with the pain medication, you know, and this nice soft uh, hospital bed, I'm at about a two or a three as far as pain. The 58-year-old surfer had been catching waves in Oahu this past Sunday when he felt what he first thought was a seal latching onto his leg. I just felt the pressure and the strength of it. The longtime surfer quickly realized he was face to face with an eight foot tiger shark. I started to pray to God and I said, God, let this shark let go of my leg. And I was going back and forth, back and forth with it. It didn't let go. So I guess God wanted me to fight. So fight is exactly what he did. I started punching it as hard as I could punching, but I felt my punches were so weak and slow. The shark dragged him underwater with one leg in his mouth, so Morita says he wrapped his other leg around the shark like a bear hug and squeezed. My hand went right to the gill, and as soon as I got to the gills, they released me. While he bled heavily from his leg, other nearby surfers rushed to help. I looked back, and I saw how bad my leg was. From my ankle to, like, almost, you know, halfway to my knee, 
there was no meat. It was only the bone. My brave friends, you know, they saved my life because they got the tourniquets on. Without that first aid, lifeguards say Marita probably wouldn't have survived. Very fortunate for this individual, too. The guys that he was surfing with, able to use that leash as a tourniquet, definitely saved his life. Marita says his deep faith is what kept him calm. At no point was I scared. At no point um, was I thinking that I was going to die. Crediting his friends with saving his life. I cannot believe the courage my friends had because I'm getting attacked and they, they powered towards me. They are my heroes. Wow. Okay, that's what an optimist looks like. Um, Gotti, what does his recovery process look like? Uh, well, Hoda, unfortunately, Marita lost his right foot in that attack. He's getting ready to go into surgery again this week to try and save as much of his leg as possible. But, but look, Marita is one of those unstoppable spirits, as you saw in that story. He says not only is he at peace, he cannot be more grateful for his friends that saved his life, and he cannot wait to get back into the ocean. I mean, <laughs> if that doesn't mean Chuck, I don't know what does. Wow. Yeah, wow. Incredible. Uh-huh. Thank you, Gotti. Well, still ahead this morning, we'll tell you about doctors sounding an alarm about surging strep throat cases nationwide. And unfortunately, at the same time, a shortage of a key treatment will have everything you need to know. All right. But first, something fun. It's the new version of dinner and a show from trivia nights to axe throwing. Entertainment is having a moment right now. And Joe Fryer, of course, is hopping on board. Hey, Joe. Hey there. Yeah, I know it's Wednesday morning, but we're going to take you to trivia night because these events are really giving a boost to bars and restaurants, especially in the wake of the pandemic. Well, that story coming up. Back now, 738 with Consumer Confidential. This morning, the rise of Eatertainment. Did we make that up? Eatertainment. Yes, I but think I mean, so. it's a good description. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant and nightlife industries, they were hit hard during the pandemic. Now they're finding new ways to bring people back. And one way is adding a little something extra, a little competition yeah, to the menu. Yeah, a little fun to the bars. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryers here with a closer look. Joe, what did you learn? Hey there, good morning. So if you are a history buff or a pop culture aficionado, this trend might be for you. A growing number of bars and restaurants nationwide are adding trivia nights to the menu to bring people together and a few drinks and a whole lot of fun. Ben Affleck and what other actor are both returning as the Cape Crusader in the movie The Flash? If it's Tuesday night, it's trivia night at Lexington Public on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Michael Keaton. We've been coming here like pretty much every week. Tuesday night, trivia brings me to the bar. I really love pop culture. I love geography, uh, like current events, politics, uh, and sports. Teams like this one meet up weekly for some friendly competition. Gets us out on a Tuesday night, so it's nice to have a, a routine. Owner Chloe Patelis added the trivia night as a way to draw customers to the newly opened bar. And she says it's a winning answer. Tuesday night business is up 50%. It's brought in so many people that might not have found this location. NYC Trivia League supplies bars like Lexington Public with equipment, hosts, everything they need to run their own trivia nights, besides the beers and wings. The group has seen a rush of interest post-pandemic and added 24 new trivia nights since November. We've seen more players. We've seen them coming back more often. And it's not just a New York City phenomenon. The company King Trivia runs events in about 35 states. They've gone from 200 weekly events before the pandemic to more than 300 now. 
more different types of venues are open to it today. So the popularity has surged. It's way higher, but it's a, it's a much more difficult landscape today than it was before. It's part of a larger trend combining eating and drinking with entertainment. More than 80% of Americans have tried it out. For customers watching their wallets, it provides added value. Well, bars get an influx of patrons and improve their bottom line. Before the pandemic, is a trivia night something that would have you would have even considered? I know a lot of bars did it, but that's not something that I would have considered. It's amazing. I would never go back. And if you're looking to add a dose of competition to your nights out, trivia is not the only option. Some places, customers can throw an axe in between sips of beer or even play pickleball during happy hour. An event night like this, that's their personal trainer, so they have to go. They have to commit to it. Otherwise, they might have just thought, I'm going to go out tonight. Uh, maybe I'll just stay in and watch TV. You're like a personal trainer. Just like a personal trainer, yeah. <laughs> it's my kind of personality. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. <laughs> and the best part about yeah, this, yeah. I mean, we, we talked to a team at the beginning of this story. They ended up winning the trivia tournament, by the okay. way. They call themselves, and this is the other thing, you get to make fun names, Shark Shank Redemption. <laughs> Shark Shank Redemption. And one of the members told us she was actually a contestant on Jeopardy. Oh, so that's it. You She's might have ringer. some stiff competition oh when you go out to that trivia That could be intimidating. Night. Seems fun. Is it? The axe throwing. I mean, I guess there's always been yeah. darts in bars. So, yeah. I mean, with the axe, it's a short It's a big dart. Yes. It's like a big dart. Yes. That's safe, right? There's like netting and fencing. We saw that. Yeah, there's, there's cages, I think. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah it's safe. Is it, are you safe. into it? Did you like it? That, <laughs> trivia night is fun. I mean, yeah. Because it just brings your, your, your just inner competitiveness in, but you're having fun and there's drinks. And yeah. yeah it's, you can't uh, drink too much because then you forget right. the answer. Yeah. I thought I knew it. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Al, how about the weather, my friend? Well, all I can say is, sure, with ask, axe throwing, that could leave you with a splitting headache. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our weather is literally, literally on fire. Uh, right now, this is uh, 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 in Ocean Township, New Jersey. 2,500 acre of wildfire burning, only 10% contained. And guess what? There is coast to coast fire danger around. You can see from Tucson all the way into the Northeast, we have fire warnings, red flag warnings for 63 million people. We've got warmer temperatures, low humidity, gusty winds, and dry grasses and fuels, and that's what's spawning this. Now, the complete opposite down in Florida, they're looking at a lot of wet weather, low pressure developing. This is going to continue those downpours from Florida into Louisiana. Strong storms from New Orleans to Tallahassee. Tomorrow, pockets of rain will continue in Florida. Florida, but damaging winds, isolated tornadoes possible in the east central Gulf. And then this moves up into the southeast, bringing rain from the Carolinas into the Virginia coast, upwards of eight inches possible in southern Florida, isolated areas along the Gulf up to five inches. And that's your latest weather, guys. Miss Walker, thank yep. you. Coming up next, let's go there. A breathtaking burst of color all across mm. California. Isn't that pretty? Mm-hmm. Got your first hand look at this year's super bloom. Why it's bigger and better than ever, right after. You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well, inside to outside, repairs to renovations. 
Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Chanel is in theme with the boost yeah. today. Yeah, you Very are. Good. Did you know no, about girl. this boost? Yeah. No, no, no. But you in particular. Yeah. And Savannah, too. All right, here we go. Okay. We've all talked about that record-breaking rain in California. It's created an unexpected and beautiful <gasps> springtime oh. surprise, this explosion of wildflowers all across the state. NBC's Jacob Sobroff got to see it firsthand. Hey, Jacob. Hoda, honestly, I have to tell you, seeing it in person is, was a moving experience. It is truly spectacular. This year, we've got what's known as a super bloom out here in California. Entire hillsides are springing back to life after several years of drought. In the words of the late legendary California public broadcaster, Huell Hauser, it is California's gold. In the high desert north of Los Angeles, the hills are alive, literally bursting with color poppies, lilies, sunflowers, and more. It's like a lot of color. It looks really cool. It's known as a super bloom, a rare and unpredictable outpouring of nature's beauty. We don't irrigate this. We don't seed this. About the only thing that we do artificially is manage the invasive species. The way you get a super bloom is to have a bunch of dry years followed by a really wet one, because in those years of drought, you got seeds that don't germinate and they're all just sitting out here. And when we get the rain like we did this year, it creates the perfect conditions for a super bloom that looks just like this. And thousands of visitors from all over the world are coming to experience the magic. I would say it's absolutely amazing. Like, it's so many different flowers. But anyone dreaming of rolling in the flower beds for a selfie should reconsider. Park rangers say this is a delicate ecosystem that needs to be protected. The plants themselves are fairly fragile. If they get crushed, it is very unlikely that they will continue to bloom and grow seeds for the next year. For people who are watching us and thinking about coming out and walking through the fields and taking a selfie, your message to them is? So the message to them is don't doom the bloom. If you step on the... Don't doom the bloom. Don't doom the bloom. That is an official hashtag. We'll reference that as much as we can. During the 2019 Super Bloom, also dubbed the Poppy Apocalypse, theme park-style crowds forced officials to limit the number of visitors to some areas. In state parks like this one, going out of bounds comes at a cost. You don't want to cross the sergeant if you're coming out here to take selfies, everybody. I've, I've written enough tickets this year. I'd prefer not to write more. Is that true? You could really get a ticket if you're walking in? Uh... Absolutely. Don't worry. You can get fantastic shots from the road. And the Super Bloom is happening all over the state from Northern California to the desert. When you see it ablaze in color like this, it reminds you of you know, just how beautiful and important it is. The Golden State in rare spring form after a wild winter. Man, it was so cool. If you want to see it, only a couple weeks left. And as incredible as all of these flowers are, that message, don't doom the bloom. It can't be stressed enough. If they are picked, not only do they wilt almost immediately, it destroys an entire seed bank so they won't be able to reproduce next year. Please, just for me and my children, don't do it. But you got to go check it out, guys. Don't do oh, it. Wow. Selfie's not worth it. Yeah. Well, and su- yeah. That super bloom cop, too. I mean, he, yeah. oh, he's yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob, you got to see it in person. Al, you've seen I it in person. It, uh, the last time. Yeah, it last time it happened. And, and as beautiful as our video is, 
it it is just so stunning in wow. person. Wow. Really. Wow. Thank you, Jacob. Good one. Love that. All right. Just ahead on Popstar, the unforgettable song, some you won't expect being immortalized by the Library of Congress. Wait until you hear this list. Okay. And then it's today's talker, the great debate over clutter. Mm. When it comes to reducing stress, is it better to tidy up or should you just bless this mess? <laughs> We're going to get into it. That's a good question. Yeah. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.